You're listening to Zen Sandwich, a podcast that inspires thoughtful people like you to live in the moment, be mindful in a realistic, achievable way. My name is Mark Reed. I've been a college professor and a lawyer. Now I make handmade paper in Japan. Twice a week, I bring my research and thoughts or sit down with coaches, authors, and entrepreneurs to talk about their process. What lessons do they learn along the way and how you can make an impact in your world? Hey, here we are. I am genuinely excited about my guest today. His name is Homer Duke. Homer is an artist, but not the struggling kind. He is the real deal. He makes his living off his art. In fact, he always has. You'll find out more about that in a minute. He works exclusively as a commissioned artist. He primarily does portraits of people and animals, but some other pieces as well relating to Buddhism and Christianity. Uh, As as an amateur art historian, very amateur, I would describe his his pieces as expressionistic or falling into the broader genre of of modernism. It's such a wide-reaching label, though. I'll, I'll ask him here in a second how he might describe his artistic style. They're really visually stunning pieces. And, you know, the, the art sort of draws you in and your eyes kind of dance around the painting. You know, with that, Homer Duke, uh, welcome to the program. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. So, let, well, let's begin there. If I met you at a, at a cocktail party and you told me you were an artist and I hadn't seen any of your work, how would you describe your art to someone who's never seen it? I usually call myself a modern expressionist. I express oh. myself through brushstrokes and color. I know what it, I always say. Yeah, pretty oh. spot on. <laughs> Perfect. So I mentioned in the intro that you have been a painter your whole life. When did you first create? Um, I have been painting since I was a small child. My mother sold my first painting, and the entire family started considering me as a oh. uh, professional artist when I was six years old. My mother pimped, yeah, my mother pimped me out selling uh, (laughs) wire wire baskets of farm eggs to all her church friends. Well, it was a good move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's how we paid for our family vacation. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I I wasn't creating anything at six years old that that had any value other than my mom's own, you know, sentimental appreciation of it. uh, I was lucky that that she saw that I had a a marketable product at an early age and she nurtured that. And she she invested a lot of time and uh, helped me pursue what I wanted to be as an artist. Okay. Well, you, you've got a lot of fans. Uh, I, I discovered your existence on Twitter. And one of the reasons I wanted to interview you is your positive presence there. Uh, each morning you post some words of encouragement. You, uh, you interact a lot with your followers. And what really stood out to me is that your, your followers like you. And that, that may seem, you know, obvious for anyone who has 14,000 followers like you do. But it's not. I mean, sometimes we just follow celebrities or we follow people. Uh, but the people who follow you, I, I feel like that they feel like they know you. So with that, I asked some folks who, who follow you uh, what they would ask you. And uh, so at Miss Mary Sunshine 4 says and, and asks, uh, you are an inspiration. 
how did you overcome the fear of becoming a full-time artist? There were periods of uh, fear, um, but I was naive. I never thought that I couldn't make a living through art. And um, I always, I always painted things that I knew people wanted in their homes. Uh, I was surrounded in in my early twenties. I was surrounded by artists who were painting depressing things and uh, shocking things. And uh, one artist was painting uh, things of domestic violence, and they were all complaining. Uh, why they weren't selling anything, why they weren't making any money. And I was selling a ton of stuff, but I was painting things like baskets of flowers or I was painting, you know, tulips, things that right. people actually want in their homes. Yeah, I, I don't want to hang up a, I don't want to hang up a painting of a guy beating up his wife or something. Yeah, and I, I guess it just, I just knew, I always knew what my clients wanted from me and they wanted something pretty and colorful. And so that's what I've always given them. Your clients now who commission you to do a project, um, do they send you a photograph or, you know, how do you get your inspiration for what you create for them? So the, one of the hardest things for an artist is what to create. And because I'm a commissioned artist, people already give me my subject matter. So it's, it's usually a favorite photo that they always wanted as a, as a piece of art, you know. And so, yeah, people, people submit their favorite pictures that they've taken over the years or, and, uh, and they give me artistic freedom to create what I want with it. How much creative license do they grant you to, cause you know, I've seen your art and it's, you're not mimicking a photograph. You know, you have a sort of subjective artistic, uh, creativity you put into it. Yeah. And, it's uh, not photorealism. You already have a photo of it. It's going to be a work of art. And I demand, 100% artistic freedom. You can't tell me, you're not going to tell me what, what you have in your mind or what you're hoping it's going to look like. If you are buying a Homer Duke, you're buying it because of my breaststroke, because of my color. You know, I have a certain rhythm to my paintings and I'm hoping that eventually, someday, you will see a painting of mine and without knowing who it is, that it's a Homer Duke. Nice. Well, good for you uh, to stay true to your to, to maintain 100% creative control over that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's a must. Yes, I, I agree. At Spillman Thom wants to know, you do a lot of uh, portraits of both people and animals. Do you have a preference of one over the other to paint? Um, I don't really have a preference. I really enjoy doing pet portraits uh, because of the joy that it brings my clients. A lot of the pet portraits I do are of clients who have lost their pets. And so when they receive that painting, you know, whenever I'm, whenever I, I finish a painting and I send them a picture of it via text or through an email or whatever, it, it doesn't translate well. Whenever they actually receive it and open it and see it with their own eyes, it, it touches them, you know, mm -hmm. and, it brings them joy, and I, I love that my work can do that for somebody. I love yeah, that my I, work brings happiness. How's married life? You got married recently, yeah? <laughs> I did. Married life is fun. Uh, we're getting fat. He cooks every day. <laughs> <laughs> we're both getting chubby. But that's yeah. that happens, I guess, to every married couple. 
but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm incredibly lucky. Cool. Uh, how did you guys meet? We met on Facebook. He sent me a message saying that I was his Facebook crush and uh, <laughs> I invited him to dinner. Now you're in, uh, you're in Indiana right now, right? Yes. Evansville, Indiana. Okay. Was he in Evansville as well? He was not. Uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Seven okay. hour drive. Wow. That's, yeah. cool. That's a good story. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I used to black guys who would send me messages like that, but I don't know. <laughs> this one was different. You, yeah. You know, when you know it's the one, there's just something that, that tells you. Uh, so how is he adjusting to life in Indiana versus Michigan? He's adjusting well. You know, it's sort of a culture shock because uh, the, the, the percentage of people who have college degrees in Michigan are way higher than in Indiana. Right. And so adjusting to people who aren't as literate or aren't as liberal. Right. You know? So he's adjusting to, to that sort of thing. Um, and just little things, Michigan is full of beautiful nature hikes and gorgeous scenery and, uh, Indiana is mostly cornfields. So So, I mean, he, other than that, he's adjusting well, you know, uh, he's, he's worked really hard at making our home beautiful. Well, you, you mentioned, uh, the the politics of and we won't go into a political discussion per se but i do know you you were born and raised in tennessee is that correct yes watch Creek, and then okay and now you're in indiana those are both and i you know i'm originally from alabama you know these are all um very conservative states was it (laughs) uh yeah so what kind of thankfully we live in a in a time that's somewhat more tolerant. I mean, there's still lots of room for improvement, but, um, you know, I don't know how old you are, but you look around my age, you, you probably face a lot of discrimination as a gay person and, uh, as a gay man in Tennessee or Indiana, what kind of, was that ever an obstacle for you or did you just ignore it and block it out? It, it really hasn't. Honestly, I've never had any issues of, uh, anyone discriminating against me for being gay. I, I am one of those rare, unique unicorns. When most people see me or get to know me, it, I make it incredibly difficult for someone to be mean to me. I can you're see gonna, that. You're going to get a smile. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're going to get a, how you doing? How's your mom and him? You know, yeah. you're, you're going to get a personal experience. When you meet because I, I, care, I agree. I care deeply. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah that, it, my, my kindness disarms people. Well, yes. you know, again, it, it's, it's alluring. That's why you're here. <laughs> 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 okay. Well, what is, what's something that Homer Duke, uh, what's something he could do better? What, where's one area of your life you wish you could improve? Oh my gosh. I wish I, I wish I had more time, uh, to volunteer more. Uh, these food banks around here, um, there's such huge food insecurities. I wish I had more time and more resources to do more. I think that I could be better at, at being more generous of my time and my finances. Uh, 
Uh, I've been thinking about maybe doing a, an online silent auction to raise money for the food banks. I did I did a, a Twitter thing uh, where I raised some money for uh, a local food bank here, but man, I only sold a few of them. It wasn't enough, uh, and plus I was only uh, donating twenty percent. And so I think my my next uh, my next idea will be bigger because I'll be offering larger works of art more serious works of art with a higher price tag. And I think I'll, I'll donate say 75% of the money raised just enough to cover the supplies of the art. And uh, maybe that'll get a bigger, bigger buzz. And maybe people will, will feel generous and chip in and buy those works of art so we can help feed more families. It's, it's really sad. The food banks here are packed with people in need, people who have never needed uh, a food bank before people who never thought they would need a food bank, you know? So I don't know. It just breaks my heart to see families who are uh, needing food and are going hungry and don't know where their next meal is coming. You know, these are tough times for a lot of Americans. I feel like if I, if there was one thing that I could improve on, it would be uh, brainstorming on trying to figure out a way to make a bigger impact uh, in my commu community, feeding more people, you know, and I have a huge spot in my heart for the homeless. And, uh, I think I can improve on, on how I, I help with the, uh, the, uh, homeless organizations here. Yeah. That that's an issue that speaks to me as well. Just poverty anywhere. When we live in a, in a time, again, I, I'm, I, I try to steer away from political issues, but, you know, uh, this is a moral issue, not a political one for me. Uh, we live in a in a day and age when there's enough wealth in the world that nobody should be hungry, you know, or, agree. Or that no, and that nobody should not have a roof over their head. You know, I completely agree. Well, uh, OK. At the end of each episode, I do a segment called Five Minutes Zen. And in it, I try to offer the listener some realistic, down to earth thing or thought that they can implement in their day. In your case, I want to tap into your creative artistic mind, if I can. And uh, so tell us how to, or describe how you find beauty in the world. Oh my goodness. It could be anything. It could be a, a butterfly on a warm spring day. It could be, um, it could be a nurse sitting at a bus stop waiting for a bus. Um, I find, uh, the homeless at the park, incredibly beautiful. Mm. Always have. I was reading through the, your, your Twitter feed the other day and someone, I, I can't remember this, the setup. You had posted something about, uh, I, I don't know, painting portraits or self portraits or something. Anyway, someone, one of your followers had responded that they didn't think that they would be a very good focal point of art or something along those lines and you responded that you beg to differ you know and i i could i could tell that you were you were saying i don't want to put words in your mouth but that look there's beauty in everyone there, there's beauty yeah you know so even if you look in the mirror and you see something you think isn't socially accepted as beautiful you are a beautiful person you know and we are all know, beautiful in our own unique way yeah I agree. Well, that message certainly resonates with what uh, what I try to do here. So, uh, awesome. Well, 
thank you, Homer. Uh, you uh, go follow Homer on uh, Twitter at Duke Homer. It's D U K E H O M E R. Or check out his Facebook page to see some of his art. Uh, where, where else can they find you, Homer? And what are you working on now? Instagram. Um, I am working on. Uh, well, first, I found uh, a beautiful woman. Uh, ladies Break Room is her Twitter handle. She's also on Instagram. She and I have clicked, and she has some of the most incredible features. So I'm working on a series of paintings with her. I call her my 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 Mona Lisa. But she and I are vibing, but I have a string of portraits that I'm working on, a ton of pet portraits that I'm working on. And somewhere in between there, I have to um, squeeze in some of my own personal body of work because a lot of people have been wondering when will they see more of that. So I'm just going to keep pushing through and moving on to the next piece. All right, there you go. And uh, you said they can find you on Instagram. That's all the is the handle the same at Duke Homer? Yes, it is. Okay. I do have another question while I'm I, I'm talking to you. I mean, most people will listen to this, but I can see you, and I'll, I'll probably post this video on YouTube. Have you ever been in a uh, Ernest Hemingway lookalike competition? <laughs> I have not, <laughs> but I've heard more than once <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm sitting here i'm a fan uh, hemingway is one of my uh favorites and i'm like man you're you you could win a ernest hemingway lookalike competition uh, <laughs> there you go there's your interview with ernest hemingway aka homer duke uh that's good stuff i'm gonna go focus on seeing more beauty in the world today uh and uh if you like the episode tell a friend uh give us a good review if, especially if you're on apple podcast i thank you in advance for that uh, or join our Facebook group, the Zen Dog Life. Uh, I might get Homer to to join that if he's willing, and uh, so you can catch him more there. Uh, you can find out about future episodes and interviews there or on the Zen Sandwich uh, Facebook page. Thanks again, Homer. You're awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was fun. I enjoyed it. All right. Till next time.